This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. As ever, I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you after Newcastle got a one-all draw at Liverpool. Good, Another good result and another step towards safety. Yeah, well, it was another good result. A frustrating game, I think, for Newcastle and Liverpool fans, to be honest. Newcastle missed some sitters. Liverpool had untold amount of chances. A lot of sitters, didn't they? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call them sitters. Our Salah's goal was a great goal. I didn't expect that one to go in. That was a chance, in my opinion. But some of the others, I mean, Liverpool didn't have their striking boots on and um, I don't really know where your defence was for most of that. But, I mean, it paid out in the end and both teams were as poor as the other in, in, in both attacking and defending. Yeah, it was one of those ones where I think, as you say, I think if Liverpool had their shooting boots on, I think they could have easily scored three or four. Oh, within the first half, easily. I mean, for for, for a neutral, it was a great entertaining match. It was almost like um, a championship match. Yeah, It was honeypotting around the balls, (laughs) just groups of players. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was a really good match. And Newcastle definitely deserved to come away with something. I think arguably they deserved the win. We'll come on to the the controversial section, but even if we ignored that, I felt I felt that Newcastle definitely played better than Liverpool. Yeah, I mean you've got to give Newcastle a lot of credit for hanging on in there. I mean, as we say, on another day, Liverpool probably put three or four of them away, and it's actually a bit of a thrashing. But great performance from Martin Dubravka to keep us in it. And yeah, as I say, we we hung on, and then at the end, because it was just the one goal. We were able to push on. I think we were fighting for it a lot more than Liverpool at the end. Definitely. I mean, I think fortunately you've still got, you're still not beating the Reds since 2015 and you've not won at Anfield since 1994. But I yep, think we the can take... the way it goes on. Yeah, it does go on continuously. However, I can't see any way that you need to be disheartened with this game. As you said, you definitely showed the passion and the, and the willingness and then those last... 10, 15 minutes was just a desperate assault on Liverpool's goal. And I think that's something that we've not actually seen from Newcastle for um, last month. And it's really nice to see that finally something's clicked and they're like, oh yeah, crap, we're going to actually go down if we don't do something here. So yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, hilarious for me, especially, because Liverpool have just lost, well, not lost, but they will feel they will feel this as much as a loss. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that Newcastle have deserved it. Yeah, and that's now two draws against Liverpool this season, which, as we've said, when you think about Newcastle's general record against Liverpool, two draws is pretty good. I mean, we'd lost the previous five games against Liverpool before this season, so that's pretty good. And yeah, as I say, another point, another step towards safety. I think I think Newcastle were unlucky to not have a, a Liverpool player sent off, to be honest, because there was a lot of cynical challenges on Sam Maximan when he was going running through for a counter-attack. I know there was a couple of yellow cards banded about 
And I'm not necessarily saying that a player deserved a red card on Liverpool's team. I just think uh, law of averages states that one of them should have probably got a red card if they're both they're all going in for St. Maximan, and it was just unlucky for Newcastle that that didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's just as as always. It shows what a threat he can be. That and as our main outlet on the break with that pace and with his dribbling ability, they were always quick to try and and hack him down, basically. So maybe they were a bit fortunate. Possibly Federico Fernandez was a bit fortunate when he went into Diogo Jota with that leading arm as well. So I'm not going to complain too much, but it was all a bit cynical. Yeah, I don't think I can really. I don't think any side could really argue, to be honest, with the um, with the rest decisions. I don't think there was anything that was immediately a red card. I don't think there was anything that was immediately cynical to the point of that player needed to be sent off or it was dangerous play. And obviously, again, which I'm sure you will get onto at some point, the only thing that you could argue was upsetting was the disallowed goal. Laws of the game are though that it was the right decision, but again, we'll come on to that later. But, I mean, Callum Wilson, again, an impact. Didn't manage to start the game, which is a shame, but he is playing more and more time. Yeah, I think he's, he's he is working his way back up to fitness and obviously we don't want to risk him too much. Obviously now at this point, thankfully, I don't want to get too carried away, but I think we are in a great position now safety-wise, so it's maybe a bit less of a blow if if he were to miss the next few games. That said, obviously, we still don't want him to. <laughs> it helps that the rest of your team is actually playing to a good enough standard that even without um, Wilson, they still have an opportunity to score. Mm. It, they're not just completely dependent on him. They are playing well as a group. Yeah. and I mean, just to, just to go back to the start of the match, I mean... Mo Salah obviously giving Liverpool the lead after three minutes with what was, to be fair, a great turn and finish. Personally, I thought Matt Ritchie could maybe have been a little bit stronger in trying to hold him off. But again, I guess it's, it's not really his role, is it? Though? I guess it's a testament to how good <laughs> Salah was in that moment. And of course, then that goal goes in after three minutes. And there I'm thinking this could be a long afternoon. And <laughs> I mean, it was quite a long first half and could have been a lot worse, as I say, if Liverpool actually were quite, you know, were more clinical in taking their chances. Mm. But as I say, we held on. And then it was a bit of a roller coaster at the end. That joy of thinking we had that equaliser through Callum Wilson. And yeah, I, mean, I suppose we've got to talk, talk about it at some point. Just this ridiculous handball war where, you know, the ball ricochets back off Allison straight onto Callum Wilson's arm. Now, Wilson literally could not have had his arm more tucked in if he tried. And then he bundles it over, but you know there was nothing he possibly could have done. No, I mean letters of the law states that that isn't that that should be disallowed. Yeah, so, right. so you know, fair, fair correct enough. decision by the letter yeah. of the law. However, absolutely. however, I do agree. Like if the law if, itself, yeah. If if we take it back to the defenders, when a defender has their arms tucked in front of their body and a ball gets absolutely blasted on them and it hits that arm, as long as it's not in an unnatural position, that isn't a handball. I can't see how his arm being in the way meant that that wasn't a goal. Because even if he was armless and that ball still hit him in the chest, that would have gone in. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't... It, it's just it's just stupid. I get it. Oh, yeah, we don't want players... No one will accept if players score with their arms. Yeah, okay, that's fine. If someone smashes a ball at them at the edge of the box and they've got their arm out and it hits it and goes in for whatever reason, yes, that's not a goal. And you don't want things to be subjective. 
like at a certain point you've got to use a brain cell and go well there's absolutely no way any other option would have occurred yeah. let's say it hit his arm that was in his body but think about it if it hit his body it would have gone in anyway so there's no change it didn't take a massive deflection and suddenly Alison wasn't going to get it he was already on the floor it wouldn't have mattered what part of him it hit it would have gone in and there was no way he could have done anything to get out of it it was literally right in front of him <laughs> and I mean he was also lest we forget being sort of more or less sort of shoved in the back of it I think it was Trent Alexander-Arnold I'm surprised that wasn't brought up and was to be honest he could have done and, and, know, and Wilson didn't even argue that fact that it wasn't being pushed I suppose in the heat of the moment he thought he scored a goal so it didn't really matter but VAR should have picked it up. If they were going to look at where his arm was, they should have looked at the play leading up to it because it was all very, very quick. And in real time, that's something that's difficult to see. And and yeah, as you said, by the letter of the law, yes, it was correct. They, they don't want hands being involved in the build-up like that. But it was hardly a Diego Maradona. It was hardly a Thierry <laughs> yeah. Henry. And even next season... Initially, we were watching the, the broadcast on BT and initially they oh, thought yeah. next season it would actually be allowed because they are tweaking the handball rule. Actually, it wouldn't be because the the way they're actually tweaking it is it, just makes it, it would sense. still need to be put in by a teammate. So if the exact same situation happened, but then say Jolinton came and put it in on the line instead of Wilson, then magically it counts. But again, it's that just... Makes no, that makes no sense. How, how can it be a foul if Wilson if it touches Wilson's arm and then Wilson puts it in? But it's not a foul if it touches Wilson's arm in the exact same way, but then a different player comes To be honest, with something like that, it's... I think I'd be more mad if that happened against my team. Yeah, I, <laughs> just... something needed to be done, but that doesn't it just makes really it, help, I don't It think. makes it more convoluted and it makes it more confusing. I think you just stick with the same for the attackers as it is for the defenders. If your arm is in a natural position or tucked in behind your body, not in an unnatural position like the hand of God, then it hits it, it hits it. There's no there's no chance, no opportunity at all for him to move his arm. Right? I just don't see how that that subjectiveness can be an issue because well, if you're waving your arms about then that's unnatural and if it's in your body there's nothing else you can do rather than cut them off. So I don't see how that is subjective enough for it to be an issue. Because there's literally the ref, the linesman the VAR people, if there's that much of a confusion, there's what, three people in the VAR room? They can look at it mm. and then they can have a discussion about it and they can show the ref on the pitch and they can have a final decision. And yes, oh, people think that might take five, ten minutes. It really doesn't if you do it properly. I don't see why this is an issue in football. And we've found some VAR, VAR things are already taking several minutes when they shouldn't anyway. So Yeah, with the stupid absolutely... <laughs> Every every offside they have to check for no apparent reason. I mean, what's the point of the linesman then? But anywho, that's going off topic, isn't it? <laughs> but credit to Newcastle though. After that disappointment, of course, as a fan, you're thinking, well, that was the chance. That's it. It's game over. With feeling absolutely gutted, but again, credit to Newcastle. They didn't put their heads down. They continued pushing and fighting for that equalising goal. And bit of slice up with the deflection, but we got it through Joe Willock. 94 minutes and 58 seconds. That's how late it was. You can't really get much later than that. I, I think you'd even stopped watching at that point. I think you literally you had your head down, ready to go into the other room because it's right at the end and you're like, that's it. And then you, you almost missed it. You almost missed and it. And then absolute joy. And again, 
Joe Willett popping up again. His fourth goal in only 10 games for Newcastle. I know that's not quite Jesse Lingard numbers, but not by, by most standards. Especially when he's not started that many of them. Especially the last three goals. All, is, all off the bench. Yeah. With, a bit of a super sub. With, with his wonderful, you've got five minutes to show me what you've got style of Bruce <laughs> yeah. management. But yeah, no, he's definitely a talent and he definitely shows how much he he wants to perform no matter what club he's playing for I know he's on loan but well as he said himself actually I am a Newcastle player at this point it would be amazing to keep him I don't think we will and of course in a sort of strange way obviously the better he plays for us the more valuable he'll become when he goes back to Arsenal so it's a bit of a catch-22 in that sense but that's now five points he's won us just in the last couple of weeks of course with that late Equaliser against Tottenham, obviously this one against Liverpool, and obviously that winner against West Ham last week as well. So, I mean, he's been absolutely invaluable to yeah. our survival efforts. And as I say, I won't get too carried away. We're not mathematically safe yet. But if we do stay up, and as I say, we're in a great position now, you've got to say Willock, as that January loan signing, has had an enormous impact on that. Yeah, nine points from the relegation zone and 10 points away from Arsenal. So he's slap bang in the middle, to be honest. I think <laughs> yeah. I think he should feel that, well, considering the team that Arsenal have, they should be doing a lot better. And yeah, we're on 36 points now. As you say, we're nine clear of Fulham uh, with five games left for both teams. Now, Fulham have got Chelsea, Burnley, Southampton, Man United, and then, of course, us on the final day. Now, I think re- realistically, Fulham will probably have to win at least three or four of them to stay up. And also that requires us or maybe Burnley or Brighton to also not really pick up many more points in the meantime. So I think we have, obviously, as we've said, we've got some difficult fixtures still to come, but I think we're in a very, very good position to stay up now. Yeah, and I feel that if you continue to play the way you are, you should at least get something against Arsenal, if not a win. Leicester, I think... I think, again, you could potentially get something there. Especially now that you've got an eye on the cup final. Yeah, and of course, Man City hopefully might take their eye off the ball. But if we ignore that, Sheffield United, we should get a point, although they have been playing well too. So I think, yeah, again, I think I feel that it could potentially all still come down to this final match. Oh God, I hope it does. (laughs) I I, I hope so too, but if Fulham start pulling it out of the bag, then... I think is I think... Yeah, it could. I think if we can just pick up one or two more points... Then it's, yes, it's then you make that, it more and more that'll difficult. Be, that'll be probably enough, even if it's not mathematical yet. But we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, especially if, if Chelsea can do us a favour and beat Fulham next week as well, just get rid of another one of their chances to get more points. That'd be pretty massive. But yeah, just moving on to the news now. And... Obviously, we went quite in-depth in this last week about the European Super League. Well, it's now collapsed as quickly as it had arrived. In fact, I think it had probably collapsed by the time the podcast actually went live. Yeah. Well... Ed Woodward has resigned at Man United. Yeah, but the the, the cases are still there, aren't they? Yes, they are still there, but... It's a scapegoat, isn't it? Um, I I do think that the club should be punished for... Going for it. Yes, I know that seems harsh. It is punishing the clubs who 
at the end of the day, the clubs, and I'm saying this involving the fans, the players and the managers, didn't actually have anything to do with this. No, they didn't. it would punish the owners as well, which would then be brilliant for you because if Arsenal got deducted 10 points, they'd only they'd be level with you. So I am... Which would be I hilarious. Am, I am rooting for not just Leicester, but for Newcastle as well because Leicester and West Ham then would be number one and two. So that'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, as we've seen, I think which was really, really nice to see is fans, players and managers all being quite vocal about how against this idea they were, which was great to see. And yes, they didn't have anything to do with it. But, for example, neither did Wigan fans or players or the manager when they went into administration and got deducted points. Exactly. It's just one of those things. This is, but they're not... That's the difference, isn't it? This is Wigan... In compared to the biggest six teams in English football, so nothing's going to be done against them. It's well, it's the only thing. So so the whole thing occurred what about eleven o'clock on a Sunday night? They announced it. Oh yeah, they snuck it out. Snuck it out. Yeah. Everyone kicked off, and their takeaways that they got the the PR wrong. That's the thing. If if they don't get punished, that will be their only takeaway from this. Is yeah. As you say, we didn't get the PR right. We didn't market this correctly, yeah. and that's why everyone rejected it. That's rather why than the fact that what they were actually doing was a was, horrible idea and, and was completely against the whole point of an actual sport because we'd just be watching football. I may as well just go and watch my mates down on a field. Well, it just becomes an exhibition at that point. Doesn't yeah, it? because there's no, there's no. If you lose, there's no consequence because you're not going to get relegated. You yeah. Just get more money. But as we all know, then let's face it, they're not going to get punished. Just as they weren't for Project Big Picture, which, lest we forget, and I feel like we often have forgotten this, mm. that was literally also this season. Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous, but they're, 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 just they're not going to get punished because they can't afford... It's it's this, again, yeah. it's this weird catch-22 where they can't afford to piss off these big clubs because I'm not they don't sure, want to try it again. But, but I'm not sure why. If you've punished them and then they're going to put into legislation... Especially for the English League, that if if you go without any permission or if you start another league, you cannot then play in that league, in the Premier League in this case. I don't see what the loss, in inverted commas, would be. Because they're not going to pull out of the Premier League because that would then take them out of the any European Championship. They're not going to lose all of that revenue from the TV licensing. Yes, they'd have some from this other one. Is that worth it? The players probably won't play because then that means they're not going to be able to play internationally. So they're not going to get the big range players. What you'd end up with is something a bit like the Chinese Super League where players who are just nearing the end of their retirement, potentially very good players, don't get me wrong, who are still playing very well, but they just get that extra bankroll before they end their careers. And it'd end up being something like that. Now, where's the loss? Where's the loss? Yeah, they're just... They're just- <laughs> They just don't have the guts to do it, I think. But. I think it would make it far more interesting if they did deduct points because then those teams have then actually got to step it up for the rest of the season and it leaves it far more open. I mean, as we were saying, from 10th place to 15th place, there are 10 points. Mm. That's ridiculous. I mean, if you look at the top six, there's barely anything in it at this point. Yeah, it, it would actually make a difference if they did it. Mm. Or even if they just said... So, all right, okay, you're all going to start with a 10 or 20-point deduction next season. <laughs> Imagine how much everyone else is going to go for it. I mean, Arsenal will be battling relegation. 
<laughs> they just Arsenal will just be relegated. We really put him in the championship. <laughs> and then you've got the likes of City and and Chelsea and Man United and Liverpool. Well, everyone like Leicester and West Ham are thinking, right, you're, well, you're here for the taking now. Let's see if we can really get in front oh, of Oh, no. And do you know what? Mm, Tottenham would also be relegated, wouldn't they? They're playing <laughs> like they are this season. Well, they've got rid of Mourinho now. So they have, but... It might actually I don't know be sunshine and happiness I don't know again. Whether, I don't know whether they've pissed off too many people. <laughs> in other English football news, Newcastle are going to join the rest of the Premier League, every club uh, and player in the Football League as well, and the Women's Super League and fan groups next weekend. From 3pm on Friday the 30th of April to the 3rd of May, they're going to take part in complete boycott of social media for that weekend. The depressing thing is the reason why they have to do it. No, why are they having to put up this stand? Why is this something that hasn't been dealt with yet again? Because even though we've not said it, it is all about standing up to racism online and online abuse. And it's it's just yeah. I mean, I think this is a nice gesture. Ultimately, it's. These social media companies, as we've spoken about before, they need to be doing more to tackle this stuff themselves. And they say it's a nice gesture, it's going to do naff all. Because it's it's every weekend that more and more black players are receiving abuse from... I'm hesitant to call them fans, who go on social media. I mean, half of them are 12 years old. I mean, we've seen literal 12-year-olds be arrested over incidents like this but grown grown adults as well who should absolutely know better i mean i think the reason the reason is, is yeah the reason is the younger individuals are getting caught is because they're too stupid to actually like that's why they're putting it on that doesn't mean that the older the, the adults don't feel that way funnily enough believe it or not children are influenced by those around them so this is mm. a large issue children wouldn't, wouldn't come out with a racist comment without a context of being around racist individuals and racist comments from adults that they look up to. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. I don't see why this is a, a novel concept to some individuals. It's just depressing and it's a societal thing that needs to change. Obviously, added on top of that, the fact that there's a complete anonymity and... There just seems to be no one who cares in social media at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, as as we've said, I think it is a nice gesture. It's a, it's a strong gesture, but until Twitter and Instagram and Facebook actually make an effort on their end in in, in some capacity, whether that's literally hiring a team of people to basically just, I mean, not a pleasant job, but to basically just trawl through all these comments and just issue out bans or, or whatever the solution may be, they're not doing enough, but as I say, we could talk all day about that. But at least a decent gesture from English football in the face of that abuse. And who knows, maybe it will at least make one or two of them think twice, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Now next weekend, that social media boycott will mean that you won't be able to keep up if you're at least following on, say, Newcastle's Twitter feed of their home clash against Arsenal next Sunday. You could make it up and it would be probably Arsenal have messed up. Lacazette's not doing anything. <laughs> oh, Newcastle defending's been poor. Dubravka's made an excellent save. Sam maximum has been fouled. It would be quite believable, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, I could do it for you. <laughs> it works itself, though, isn't it? 
But yeah, so this is Newcastle hosting Arsenal next weekend as we continue our run of tricky fixtures. Now, Arsenal have actually been very inconsistent in the last few months. I mean, actually, the last time they had back-to-back results of any kind in the league was actually when they lost consecutive games to Wolves and Aston Villa back at the start of February. Mm. In that entire run since then, it's basically been win, draw, loss, win, draw, loss. I mean, only two Just sort of alternating. Sheets. Yeah, and only two clean sheets in the last 14. So yeah. they are there to be got out of the back, as we've always known. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you could get something out of this. I, I would very much love you to get the three points and I want to say that. However, I then feel that that would jinx it. So I'm just going to stick with that. I think you could get one point here. But bear in mind, that's, I mean, in inverted commas, in brackets, hidden in the subtext, three. Um, well, Wilson and Sam Maximan especially, they're going to be looking at Arsenal's back line, looking at, as I say, their pretty poor recent defensive record, and they'll be thinking, you know, we, we can cause these guys some problems. Now, the big problem for Newcastle, <laughs> I mean, you thought our record against Liverpool was bad. I mean, God, in our last 17 games against Arsenal... Newcastle have won one, and then all of the other 16 have been losses. Not a single draw in there. No. 16 losses out of 17. Yeah, but who cares about that? It doesn't matter. Last season was a different season. Every season's different. Stop focusing on it. Don't worry. It's not like you've got to worry about your historical um, wins for a promotion or anything, is it? So. Yeah, <laughs> I, and obviously, the, obviously, the other blow is we're also going to be having to do this without Joe Willock because, of course... He can't buy Arsenal because they're his parent club. So no super sub this week. It's a shame because I feel that he would actually want to. Well, yeah, because he'd be sending a message to Arsenal. He'd be still doing it for his current team. I think they should let loan players play against parent clubs. But I do, from, I, I do understand. I why. can completely understand. Yeah. yeah, it's it's if that if there is that one case, and then if they just blanket ban uh, loanees playing against their parent club, then no one can complain either way. So I do understand it. Yeah, and I guess the the one ray of hope for Newcastle, aside from Arsenal's, you know, not being great at the back, is that couple. You know, following that draw at Liverpool, we've actually only lost one of our last eight games. I know. Now and that that one loss was that let's face it horrific performance. Oh my god, it was genuinely the most terrifying match. And terrifying, terrible, and terrifying. I actually had to sit and watch it. And some of the draws preceding. That draw against Brighton. I mean, again, the less said about them, probably the better as well. But just to look at it from the more positive angle, which is not something we tend to do on this show, or certainly I don't tend to do. Again, one defeat in eight games. Yeah, only one defeat in eight games. A couple of wins in there. Some big draws against Tottenham and Liverpool. Newcastle are playing well. We are getting good results, and you never know. Yeah, well, you're saying you never know. What do you think? Well, I'm a Newcastle fan, so even when we're in good form, I always assume that we're probably not yeah, going to win. Yeah, take that off, though, for a minute. Take that hat off. What What do you... Because <laughs> I know you're going to weasel out of it and not give me an answer. What, Don't make what me do you... leave my comfort of the, of the fence. I like sitting on the you fence. You've got to tell me. What do you think? I think we've got a chance, you know, next week. So what does that mean? you you got to say. All right. I'm calling it now, listeners. I'm calling it now. Three points to Newcastle. Okay. What's the score? 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, one. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Who's going to score? Wilson. Yeah. And... Oh, so no left field, maybe. Mm. Matt Ritchie. Oh, oh, I'm going to say Murphy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good shout. And some maximum. 
You heard it here first, listeners. Yep. We'll see next week whether either of our <laughs> predictions are, are correct, or we might be just dissecting another 4 0 loss. Yeah. Oh, oh, and an own goal. <laughs> and that's what the one that's the Arsenal's goal. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. As always, I don't change. I'm, I'm for me. So it's always the same. I know. That's why, that's why no one listens. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cara. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and thank you to your listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.